0: Welcome to Top Dog
1: Podcast. I'm Katja. And I'm Adrian. Hello. Good to have you here. Top Dog Podcast is our fortnightly podcast about people who do amazing things with
0: and for dogs. We talk to people who have great ideas about how to improve your dog's life. We talk to people whose life revolves around dogs. You will also hear wonderful stories from loving dog owners.
1: And we will discover the dog's important role in all beautiful things like the arts, in particular in literature. In short, we speak dog. So it is time to unleash the dogs. This program is rated D for dog. It contains sniffing, scratching and doggy themes. What is wiggling down my stomach?
0: Invisible friends
2: are forever.
1: But sometimes they only last for 30 days. Read between the growling. And find a gentle soul.
0: Cook in style. And fly a mile. But first, our hot spot. Stories that make you laugh, cry or inspire. Now, this story today, Adrian, could inspire you to learn Yiddish. Would you like to?
1: Yes, great. Sounds like Swiss German to me anyway.
0: (laughs) It's probably similar. (laughs) (laughs) For that, unfortunately, you need to be in New York because the Yiddish for dogs classes are only in New York. And it basically started when... When the workman cycle tried to offer a more relaxed environment for Yiddish classes and a side effect was that they worked out that Yiddish is actually really good for dog training. Their dog trainer, Miguel Rodriguez, says the words are sharp and the dogs respond better to it than English. Maybe it works with Swiss German too.
1: Can you give us an example?
0: Well, he only mentioned one, uh, which sounds to me very Swiss German or German. Sit versus Sitz.
1: Yeah, Sitz is like Swiss German.
0: (laughs) There you go. So you can start offering uh, Deutsch for dogs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I should do that. Yeah, because uh, all the people that love their pets, they will spend any money that I probably will ask for it. Because... uh, Guess what, Katja, in the U.S., dog lovers spent about 72 billion U.S. dollars on their animals. Can you believe it? Oh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. And the biggest chunk went for food that was about 30 billion dollars. Now, you know, pets like dogs and cats, they love their meat. But it's mm, the longer, the more not a a good choice anymore because industrial grain fed livestock is very costly, especially for the environment.
0: Yes. And uh, that's why a lot of manufacturers are looking at alternatives um, like edible insects and bugs. No, I don't know, Adrian, you might find this a bit off putting, uh, but as you said, they're nutritious and they're full of protein. Mm. So the uh, production and the processing, well, if you compare it to livestock production, has a relatively light footprint on the environment. And um, there is a company in Berlin that we found. They're called Eat Small. And they are two young ladies, Veronique Glorieux from Canada and Rema Aparicio from Spain. And they are making... Dry food and treats for dogs. And um, you'd be happy to know that Veronique is a vet, so she makes sure that the food is not only nutritious and good for dogs, for example, with allergies, but it's also tasty.
3: According to maybe over 90% of our satisfied dogs, uh, I would say yes, uh, we have made a, a test with families uh, before we released our food. Almost 100% were very uh, excited, said that their dog uh, ate it right away, or others that needed maybe a couple of days to get used to it. But uh, our food has 30% of the insects, and the rest are... Other delicious ingredients like sweet potatoes, uh, amaranth, wild berries. So this is a a good blend, a good recipe that uh, please dogs.
0: Now, how many times did you sort of rejig the recipe or did you get it right straight away?
3: We made it uh, right away. We also worked with uh, people specialized in dog food and uh, that could uh, guide us also uh, with their experience. and uh, we were pretty confident that uh, it would be a, a hit from the, the first time.
0: Well, that's good. It <laughs> saves you a bit of time. Now, nutritional value. Are insects um, as good as animal meats?
2: Yes.
3: The big nutritional advantage of insects is that they are rich in uh, protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you compare the same amount of meat and uh, insect, for example... On a dry matter basis, you would have with the insect we uh, we work with almost uh, double content of protein in comparison with uh, chicken or meat uh, beef meat, for example, so they are rich in protein and they also contain all the essential uh, amino acids that make the quality of uh, the protein. This is great. Also, if we compare to uh, beef meat, uh, the insects have more iron, uh, more calcium. Well, the um, species of insect that we have for our food uh, line, it's called uh, Hermesia ilucens or the black soldier fly larvae. And they are also rich in uh, B12 vitamins, which otherwise can't be found uh, in any uh, plant or vegetable-based protein. So, yeah, it's comparable or even richer with a lot of nutrients. So
0: then since it sounds like the taste is good, the nutritional value is great, why do you think there is not more food for dogs out of insects out on the market?
3: So the edible insect industry or uh had it here in uh, western countries in europe or uh, also in, in north america it's still at the beginning insects are being uh, eaten by over um, well uh, almost 2 thirds of the planet's population mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but it's more in asia in africa in south africa in uh, south america And Western, northern countries, they don't use it a lot. So we are still at the beginning of this idea that insects could be uh, eaten in our countries. And it has been taught for people uh, at first. And then eventually said, "Okay, why not uh, giving them to eat to pets? or uh, and like this we would reduce the need for meat that is uh, eaten by pets a little bit the the idea because it's a perfectly good uh, source of protein for them and as well as for humans
0: you were saying in the western culture it's not as common or not as acceptable to eat insects so do you notice that you have some customers some dog owners that wouldn't actually try your food.
3: Yes, you're right. Actually, uh, we are meeting a lot of people during our uh, fairs or dog events uh, to show them, to talk uh, with them. And uh, it's true that it's not well known. And insects here are most of the time associated with pests, with uh, something dirty or that is not... uh, that's or uh, ugly that creates uh, fears or whatever. So no, it's not associated with food, and people are reluctant when we just talk ab- about insects in general. They are reluctant. But when we start to give all the advantages and when we show our food, our pellets that look perfectly good and uh, the same as uh, meat uh, pellets, then, yeah, and when the dog, because a lot of dogs come to these uh, dog events with their owners or in uh, dog uh, fairs, and when the dog tastes it and when the owners see that it's perfectly delicious, then yes, they start to be convinced because there are other advantages that only the nutritional uh, aspects. Can
0: you put a finger on what kind of a audience is a bit more reluctant and which one is not? So maybe I'll just throw up in the air, dog mums between 25 and 45 are more reluctant than someone who is a yes. bit more environmentally conscious.
3: When we talk with people about our food, dog owners, we see that Um, those who have ecological consciousness or ethic about uh, eating uh, animals or people who want to have a qualitative product, uh, healthy and natural, well, those people are more open to this new trend of uh, insects in their pet food. The most reluctant to it are I would say people that would stick to this other very strong uh, trend in pet food that is the barf. It's to feed dog with uh, raw meat, Uh, so uh, this is very strong right now. And when uh, those people say, "Okay, my dog is is like a wolf. He must eat a lot of meat and a lot of uh, and insect is really not like meat." Then they're more difficult to convince, or just to, um, it's difficult to share the information. And yes, of course, when someone never had heard about uh, insects, even for people, it's, yeah, there's a, a barrier that we must uh, explain, and there is
0: um, still work to do. From the sustainable point of view, what are the advantages of insect based food?
3: Besides the nutritional advantage, the other great advantage of the insects is that they are uh, sustainable, um, highly sustainable, ecological. In these times uh, where we uh, want to find solutions to emit less pollution in the air, and um, when we know that. Uh, Animal farming, beef farming, chicken, pigs emit so much pollution in the air and take so much place to be farmed and all that. In comparison, insects are great. Insect farming almost don't need any space because it's vertical farming. Insects are raised in big drawers that are putting one over the other in comparison to an horizontal farming like beef farming, they don't need space. For the same amount of raw matter, to say it like this, they almost don't need uh, water, almost no food, uh, and don't emit almost no uh, CO2 in the air in comparison to beef farming, for example. I can give you uh, just some numbers. For one kilo of Insect protein, you will need, well, to produce it all uh, together, you would need almost 20 times less water than for one kilo of beef. Uh, You will need three times less energy. So energy means uh, heating, food, all that, as for uh, beef farming. And, uh, for example, they will emit five kilograms of um, CO2 in the the air in comparison to beef, that would emit 130 kilograms of uh, CO2 in the air for just one kilo of uh, protein uh, produced. So it's much less than any other type of uh, animal farming. And if we use insect protein in our pet food, then it will just stop this uncontrolled increase of other types of animal farming.
1: That was Veronique Glorieux from Eat Small in Berlin. If you want to have more information about their products, then go on their website, eat-small.com. Yummy. It sounds very yummy, doesn't it, Katya? Very
0: yummy. Well, we should get her to send us some samples because I'm hungry now.
1: (laughs) Well, sometimes it helps when you go for a walk and catch flies. Or dig for worms. That's right. Sounds pretty wild. Speaking of wild, Jake, the growling dog, he lives in the wilderness with other animals. And his voice is different. So different that he often gets misunderstood by the other animals. Now, this is not a real story. It's actually a children's book about the power of kindness. It is about diversity and friendship. And Eva Mura, she is a cognitive therapist and podcaster. She runs the German podcast Abenteuerlesen, stands for Reading Adventure. She read the book and told me about it. <coughs> Hello Eva, and welcome to Top Dog Podcast. Hello Edwin. Got a book with you today again, and it's a picture book or is it a story?
2: It's a picture book with a story,
1: and it's for children.
2: It's for children, but saying that, I find it a really, really nice little story.
1: I'm really curious mm-hmm. what the book is about, but I know the title. It's Jake the Growling Dog. What I know, apparently, it's a book about the power of kindness. Celebrating diversity and friendship Sounds very complex to me
2: It is complex, isn't it? (laughs) Especially if you're a dog Because as you know, dogs are kind Or can be kind And are our best friends So let's see what the story is about In an emerald green forest In the Pacific Northwest You'll find Jake A misunderstood dog at best He has fur like fresh cotton candy, large pointy ears and a big bushy tail that gets puffier each year. He has a caramel coat, a chocolate stripe down his face and each tasty shade is in just the right place. Jake is fast, quite fast they say with a twitch and a spring as he goes on his way. And when you look at the pictures... Illustrations. He's really a, a cute dog I would love to have such a dog
1: Now there are thousands Thousands of books About dogs mm-hmm. Especially children books Why did you choose this one?
2: Because it's different than Lots of the others Like when you think of, of um, Especially the, the Children books for really really small children Dogs are more like Toys or like an accessory in the book. In this book, Jake is really the, the main character. Through his friends during the book, when, when the story evolves, he really tries hard to, to get more friends, because something is happening that he doesn't understand. Jake loves to run among the talls of trees, swim in the deep rivers, and chase after frisbees. But no matter what Jake loves to do, you'll always hear him growling, too. He growls while he eats, and he growls while he plays, and he growls while being scratched in his favorite ear place. He growls while he sleeps, he growls while he swims, and he growls in his bed while being tucked in. You can imagine a dog that always growls at everything or with every activity is not really liked by other animals or by other people. So they're all running away from him and he doesn't understand what's happening because he just wants to be friendly and, and be friends with everyone and everyone is just avoiding him. He growled at the neighbor's dog every day. Hi, Mr. Pomerianin. Do you want to play? But the dog always left without a goodbye. Jake assumed that he was just shy. Jake didn't know why everyone was so scared. How could he show them how much he cared? They said it was his growly voice. Could it be? Did it make him sound that unfriendly? While lost in the thoughts, Jake bit down on his lip. He cried out in pain and whimpered a bit. Yet to the birds it was the scariest of growls. It sounded more like a frightening howl. Full of fear, they took flight from the trees, leaving nothing but the falling flutter of leaves. Why doesn't anyone understand me? Why can't they see I'm not actually mean? But nobody answered, because Jake was alone, by himself in the forest, all on his own. poor little Jake is really desperate for help and he finds it in a little squirrel that takes him on a journey to discover what's happening and, and if he can change that. So the squirrel tries to teach Jake not to growl with, let's say, limit success. So Jake and the squirrel, whose name was Nate, Spent days trying to make his voice sound sweet. Need begged other animals to help with their training, but it took plenty of urging and they just kept complaining. A painted turtle stayed in her shell for a week after Need tried to have the two of them meet. So you can see lots of problems while he tries to develop a softer, more friendly voice. But luckily, the other animals in the forest, they observe Jake trying so hard to be friendly or to to appear friendly. He is friendly. He's a really, really nice dog. But to, to get a friendlier voice. So what's happening is... Then something magical happened no one could explain as more and more animals watched them each day. They watched from shadows, ferns and high perches in trees, from lakes, from rocks and trickling streams. The more they watched, the more they could see that Jake was just misunderstood. They agreed. Jake was kind. He was sweet. So he growled all day. He was different, they noticed, which was more than okay. So in the end, Jake gets lots of friends and... They discover that we're all different, and that's okay. It makes us unique in our own special way.
1: Beautiful story, a beautiful book. So there's not one single human in this book. They're all animals.
2: They're all, well, they're all animals. You can see the, the feet of one human. But essentially, you're you in a in an, uh, forest with lots of different creatures.
1: I do understand now what you mean when you said before it's not a book about a cute dog or the dog is a, an accessory, it's actually about a character, an evolving character. He learns a lot about the world, animals around him learn a lot about him. But what's the message in this book? Simply said, is does it mean that if you come across as grumpy, doesn't mean that you are necessarily grumpy?
2: For example, yes, that we are different that our voices are different, maybe how we approach people is different, and that if we don't communicate clearly with each other, that we can misunderstand each other. Hmm. And know that it's okay to be different.
1: I think if you did growl as a human, you wouldn't have many friends because that's an unnatural behavior in humans. But if you come across as arrogant, that we all know, it doesn't mean that you are arrogant. It Hmm. could mean that you're actually... Scared, afraid of things.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's that's the the message of this book.
1: Jake, the Growling Dog by Samantha Shannon, published by Rawlings Books, and um, brought to you by Eva Mura today. Thank you very much, Eva. Thanks
2: for having me.
0: Indeed, a sweet story. Jake the Growling Dog by the American author Samantha Shannon.
1: And she got inspired in uh, 2009 by her sister's dog, Jake. So it is actually a true story. While uh, Samantha was visiting her sister in the Pacific Northwest, she realized that Jake growled all the time, and he growled while playing frisbee, getting an ear up, running, and even when he was sleeping so despite his unusual choice of noise making Jake is actually a sweet dog
0: and not Swiss or anything or Yiddish
1: no. <laughs> even if he was Swiss he would be a sweet dog
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well how do you know if you don't know the dog how do you know if he uh, can handle a dog if you wanted one if um, Jake is growling you know, I would probably never take him home
1: Yeah, I know that's a tough question actually and uh, you just have to try it out and if you can't try with a real dog because before you want a real dog you want to try out if you can handle a real dog try it with an imaginary dog and that's what Nias did Nias is from Melbourne he's got two sons and they were back then I don't know seven or eight years old and they desperately wanted to have a dog and Nias suggested "All right, let's test it out we, you go for a walk for a whole month with an imaginary dog and if you still like it, we'll have one. Here's his story.
0: So this week it's actually my imaginary top dog. I
4: didn't want to be stuck with all of the responsibility and I did want them to realise that um, there were certain things that had to be done every day with the dog if they were to have one. We talked about it for quite a while. Gabriel was... Eleven, and he was the main driver behind the wanting a dog. Rene just went sort of along. So, after we had um, a, a number of dinner table chats, we thought, well okay let's go to the next stage and it was actually Adriana's cousin came up with a a suggestion that we thought was a good one we ended up actually putting that in place and uh, it was about testing the boys' commitment uh, a sort of attempt at um, learning a little bit about what it might be like having a dog so she suggested a virtual dog so they had to pretend that uh, they had a dog every day, every morning before going to school and in the afternoon when they came home from school they had to take the dog for a walk around the block, a couple of blocks, whatever and if they... um completed this virtual exercise we would go ahead there was a period and it was a month the condition was that uh, they had to do it every day regardless of what the weather was like unless they were sick and couldn't so they agreed to do this and to their credit they did a very good job I think they only missed maybe one or two walks and they sort of had an excuse, which was really more than what anyone expected. we thought, well, looks like we're going to have to get a dog. To our surprise, at the end of the period, the boys came up and um, we have news, Dad, announcement. Yep, we don't want a dog. We don't want a dog, we want a cat. Oh, well, why is that? Well, we don't want to go for a walk twice a day with the dog it's not really that enjoyable it's not you know what we saw so we then decided to get a cat instead and we did get a cat (laughs) yeah we Mm -hmm. yes okay and they never attempted
1: to take the cat for a walk were they
4: well, no, well, the, the the cat was chosen because you don't have to take a cat for a walk, so...
1: Now, you said they were 11 and 12 years old when they did take the virtual yeah, 10, dog on a yes. walk. How long did they go for a
4: walk each time? Oh, it wasn't... Uh, it would have been maybe anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes.
1: And do you know where they went to, what they did uh, in that time?
4: Well, no, I, I didn't follow them. Well, I trusted that they would go for a walk. I never doubted that they sort of did that that they tried to sneak their way out of it Gabriel was too honest Rene probably would have (laughs) gone on
1: Did you ever regret that they decided not to have a dog? Did you wanted a dog?
4: I've always liked dog. I mean I like animals of any kind But I also knew that uh, I wouldn't make a good pet owner, carer. I felt our property wasn't really suitable for a dog. Uh, Most of the backyard is concreted. And I didn't really want the responsibility of having to walk the dog every day. You know, we used to go away a fair bit, weekends, and it was just another responsibility that I I knew was going to make my life a bit more difficult. No, I didn't regret not... I, I was glad that they came to that decision independently, without any pressure from me to... Um, Persuade them, persuade them, you know, not to have a dog.
1: That was Nias from Melbourne, who ended up without a dog.
0: I'm wondering what the neighbours were thinking when they were walking nothing for a month. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they probably didn't realise that the boys were walking a dog. I don't know. Maybe they didn't tell anyone. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, their decision must make all the cat lovers out there happy. <laughs> Cats think dogs are stupid. That's a living proof.
1: That's right. So, and now we have come to the end of the show.
5: There's someone ringing in. Yay! Oh, yeah, it's Hans and Gunther with their dog, Frederike. Hello, Hans. Hello, hello. It's me, Hans. Hello, Katja. Hello, Adrian. How is it going? Good. Thanks.
1: Yourself? Hello, Katja. Hello, Gunther. Oh, what's all that bubbling?
5: Well, we can't just expect that our dog, Frederike, has to eat all kinds of insects and worms while we, Gunther and I, still eat precious meat. So. We decided to live by example, be a role model for Frederike, and, you know, treat her fair. Gunter and I will not touch any beef or pork or chicken anymore. We both will from now on enjoy, um, insects <coughs> and, um, worms. Never ever schnitzel again.
0: Wow, that's a huge pot you have there on the stove. What is in it? Um,
5: black soldier flies. (coughs) Crickets. um, (coughs) The humble (coughs) mealworms. And uh, cockroaches. (coughs) 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 I better take this red bottle with whiskey and pour it all into
1: the pots to make it taste better.
5: No, no, are you crazy? Put it away. If you pour it in, the whole pot will explode.
1: Wow, your recipe sounds very ambitious, actually. Have you already tasted it?
5: No, 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 no. It still needs to cook for a little while.
1: Oh, that means I can read the poem
5: Frederica and I have written for Katja. But I thought Basenjis can't bark. You're right, but Frederica still can yelp or growl. Then let them yelp
0: and growl. Gunther and Frederica, off you go. In a
1: country far, far away, where I myself have never stayed, the lives a woman, tall and dark, with the most beautiful bark. <laughs> her name is Katja, believe it or not. She's funny and she also knows a lot about dogs, about people, about me, about Frederike
5: and all her fleas. <laughs>
0: Well done. I'm so honoured. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, Hans, is your meal ready now? Is it cooked? Hope not. Uh, It
5: needs a little bit longer.
1: Well, we can't wait any longer. We are at the end of our show. No,
5: Frederike, don't, no. Give it to me, come on, drop, 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 drop the bottle. Gunter, Frederike has the whiskey bottle. Take it away from her, right now. Frederike, listen to me, listen to me. Frederike, drop the bottle, now. Watch out, she's jumping onto the stove. She's right above the pot. Don't drop the bottle into the pot. She will. No! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I've got worms yeah. in my ears. I've got worms in my nose. In my mouth. That's not my hair, that's worms. Yuck. Oh dear, oh
1: dear, look at this. It's all over the kitchen there food.
0: Frederica seems to like it. She is already licking the walls. <laughs> yes,
1: well, no wonder. I mean, it's all these yummy worms and crickets and cockroaches. Mm. We better let them clean up, yeah?
0: Yeah, they must be busy. Let's hang up
1: all right so on this really is now the end of the show
0: a show with all kinds of worms and insects
1: with an imaginary friend
0: and a cat as the winner
1: a show with a growling story
0: that turned out to be a sweet one
1: and the show with the gourmet touch
0: don't try that at home <laughs> Right.
1: So if you liked what you heard, tell your friends and listen to us on www.topdog.space.
0: Find us in your favorite podcast app or podcast portal. Bye-bye. And say hello to your mom from me.
1: That's right.
0: Bye-bye.